0: Hi everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Beyond Stardust podcast. So some of you may know David Farmer already. I interviewed him a few seasons ago and we talked about non-duality and pointing, um, non-dual pointing. So David and I started doing weekly live conversations on Facebook live. And this is a audio version of our first live that we did. So I wanted to upload it on here and maybe give other people a chance to listen who are not on our Facebook or who prefer to listen via audio. In this approximately hour-long conversation, we dive into different topics on non-duality and David walks us through a really powerful exercise for us to see clearly what is being pointed to. So enjoy the conversation, and if you ever want to catch us live on Facebook, our intention is to do this weekly on Wednesdays at 1 p.m., so um, come to either my Facebook page at Karina Lavon or to David's Facebook page, David Farmer, or his business page for his business, which is Effortless Being. David Farmer at Effortless Being, and watch us live. And there, you can ask questions, and we can answer any questions you may have. And you can join the conversation. So enjoy the our very first conversation. I'm sure I'll be uploading more of them as time goes on. And we hope to see you live at some point. Enjoy. You are the universe. You are that which created the universe, and you are everything in the universe. You are infinite consciousness having a human experience, and you get to have a life that is one of joy, peace, and abundance. My name is Karina, I am your host, and you are listening to Beyond Stardust. This episode is brought to you by Non-Duality Conversations with David Farmer and Karina Levon. You can catch us live on Facebook on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come join us for live conversations about our true nature, the nature of the universe, and anything and everything non-duality related. Come ask live questions and join the conversation hi david why don't you introduce yourself to people who may not know you yet
1: okay all right (laughs) (laughs) well i'm david and um yeah it's uh, we we met uh, we should explain maybe a little bit about how we met we met through through um non-duality and our friend uh david bingham which is correct yeah um so i think you got in touch with me um about a year and a half ago now um
0: yeah
1: (laughs) summer summer i was trying to remember It was summer 2021 we had a consultation together on non-duality yes and um then after that um the spring last year we did uh, our uh, podcast Mm -hmm. and uh, here we are are doing a live together so uh, yes yeah, great thanks for inviting me on it's great yeah. to be able to, have a
0: yeah.
1: to talk about uh,
0: non-duality yeah. yeah so I'll just I'll just go a little bit deeper mm. um, so for me a lot of I mean may, maybe some people know about my journey maybe some people don't I talk about it a lot but if you don't know my journey um, I've been a spiritual seeker all my life and, and it's taken very, a lot of different paths and for the last 20 years um, the path that i taken is learning how to manifest and um, intentionally create my reality, learning how energetics affects, affect our reality in the universe. But I knew that there was something missing. I felt that like, I, I what well, you know, we talk about being deep in the seeking. I was so deep in the seeking and it was like, it was creating some suffering for me. It was creating some, this like, I just want to know that the truth. And so I actually said that I one night going to bed, I was like, universe, God, spirits, angels, I don't even know who's out there. Just please show me the truth. <laughs> and so um, through a series of just kind of like really non-eventful events, I ended up reading a book. Um, I ended up rereading it. I had already read The Greatest Secret many, many times, and I ended up rereading it. And I was like, well, you know, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. Well, first of all, something clicked. I was like, wait a minute. I already knew this stuff, but it was like a deeper, like there's, there's something more to this. And then I was like, who knows? I'll, I'll reach out to this David Bingham guy. He might not have time for me. He might be like, you know, too busy, too famous. <laughs> but I'll just send him an email and see. And and he was very kind and open to having a conversation. And I spoke with him, which was really transformational. And then he, um recommended to speak with you, which was so wonderful and also transformational. But I will have to say, um, the biggest transformation, I mean the biggest like opening up for clear seeing came from our podcast interview <laughs> together.
1: Oh, our one.
0: Yes, yes, you and yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like it was like the conversation with David Bingham the conversation with David Bingham made me helped me see clearly Mm -hmm. what, what who and what we truly are, but there was still a and we had talked about this in the in the in the podcast interview, there was Mm -hmm. still like, expecting something big to happen, like denying that I had seen my true nature because it was like, Oh, but where's the big aha moment Where's the big event. Yeah. And then you and I had that interview, and it was through our interview, and then re-listening re- to that interview that I was like, wait a minute, this is what it is, and from there actually is where that bliss opened up, that really just like peaceful feeling opened up. Anyways, mm-hmm. so that was, that's just the short version of my story.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting, because I mean, uh, you had a seeking journey, a seeking story, which I also had. Yeah. And- um, you know, for, for me, um, it was, around, it started around 2006. Um, and I was, uh, at that time, I was living in Japan, I, I lived in Japan from about 2003 to 2021. Yeah. Um, and around 2006, uh, some things happened um, that made me start seeking. And um, it was really there. And like most people who start seeking, they start looking into books. And starting to, to try to do things <laughs> and um, yeah that started a sort of process which was about really 15 years of, of reading an awful lot um, and uh, going through all, all of that and um, meditating which I, I did uh, quite a bit of um, and being in Japan was was a huge inspiration because not only was it someplace I really wanted to live um, there was so much influence from Buddhism and mm-hmm. uh, Shintoism and Zen particularly Zen Buddhism particularly I really resonated with um, so that was quite a, a large quite a, a sort of um, a process and a that way, there was uh, little moments where you you think, oh, sort of an opening, an opening up, or a sort of a, 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 an understanding. But then the mind will come back in again and sort of and cover that up, and the, and the seeking continues on. So, to cut a long story short, it was um, really having listened to David Bingham's um, conscious TV interview where he said something which really resonated. Um, with me, and it was there where everything just kind of went, you know, whoop, and, and it's funny, I, I did, I do this gesture to describe it, because, you know, words, it's not an experience, as, as you were alluding to there, people, um, the actual, when, when, when our true nature reveals itself, um, it's not some kind of thunderbolts and lightning experience, which we all believe it. Should be because our mind is conditioned to, to look for experiences. Um, and so, a lot of people that's how a lot of people get stuck in that seeking loop because it's constant. Like, well, I can't be this sure, this is too simple. Can't be this, it must be something. And <laughs> um, so, um, this is sort of perpetuates, you know. Um, but when um, your true nature is, is revealed, and we never know what that will be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you could say something. It's it's it reveals itself in, in a myriad of different ways. Um, it, it could be something um, somebody said. It could be something you read. The stories in Zen of of a monk walking down the street and accidentally kicking a stone, and it makes a sound. The stone makes a sound, and he suddenly his true nature was was recognised. So yeah. we never know when that's going to occur but for me it was something that David said, and and um, it, everything just sort of went right like this. And <laughs> I, I described that. I, some I heard somebody describe it as you know the the background becomes a foreground and the foreground becomes a background, um, and you're kind of like, oh, it was so simple. Wow, yeah. um, and it's and it's not an experience. That's that's the key, the key yeah. thing that and all this constant looking constant seeking is is kind of like you know people in a way people want that people love the seeking a lot of people can get you know sort of addicted to this i'm a spiritual seeker thing this identity of that um but it's a bit like really um somebody described it as you know you're sitting at home on your sofa and then you you get up and you walk around your sofa sit back down and say i'm home (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or, or or any kind of doing or seeking it's just all you're really doing is, is taking a step outside your front door mm-hmm. and even this very subtly even like believing that meditation is important that you must meditate if there's a feeling of doership mm-hmm. it's like you just keep taking that step outside of your front door mm-hmm. and what we we do when we're pointing at what we call non-dual pointing when we're pointing to this is really just pointed to the fact that you're already home yeah you're already that you are what you're looking for yeah already there. You really needn't do anything and it's yeah. just kind of pointing to that pointing to that so um yeah i've kind of drifted into what <laughs> we're probably going to today but anyway it was interesting that our our, our seeking stories are kind of similar
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I want to I want to get into kind of like I, I briefly mentioned this in one of our inbox chats, just you and I um, chat in the inbox. And I'll get into this, that part later about like our backgrounds and how I think how I theorize that that affects how the awakening may look like. But anyway, I want to rewind because (laughs) we, we are going to have all kinds of different people watching this. So I want to go to the basic, 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 and let's first introduce what non-duality is.
1: Right. I thought you might ask me this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so non-duality is just a word that, that, that we've used to really describe, like all words are used to describe something. Non-duality is used to describe the the experience that we're having, to des- describe what... what um, what a reality is mm-hmm. and how it is. Um, we, we say non-duality as opposed to duality, which is how most people believe reality to be. In other words, duality is I'm a person here and there is a world out there. And when we believe in this duality, we create a separation a perceived separation Um, and we believe that there's me here and there's a world out there and everything is is i'm separate to everything else Um, and because of the separation we develop this this fear the um uh, concepts of lack um limitation and um we go through our 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 life in this constant sort of fear and struggle and what um non-duality is saying is that that separation never actually happened so uh, a a metaphor that's the common metaphor is is that of the wave and the ocean so the wave is part of the ocean but if, you, if the wave believes itself to be a separate thing, then it creates a lot of stress for itself. But the wave is not a separate thing. There are many, many waves on the surface of the ocean, but it's all water. It's all the ocean. And this is really what non, non-duality is saying, is that the duality that you perceive really doesn't exist. There is no such thing as duality. the 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 reality which we all experience are experiencing is non-dual as one one field of awareness
0: yeah yeah and just and that that explains it wonderfully and also it's like it's like that also goes for seeking a higher power or seeking like you know god the universe source it's there is people think that it's more, more like there's a God out there like they use the word universe or these use use the the word source there's something out there Mm. and there's me the human and together we're creating whatever we're we're having this interaction in this reality but that's also part of like the illusion of the of the duality is that it's the same thing
1: (laughs) well I mean it's really when when recognizing our true true nature what we're looking for when that is recognized it's really kind of like a remembering Mm -hmm. Um, because you know up until the age of around two years old our awareness was completely singular it was a it was a you know when when you're about when karina was about this size you know her she, she perceived the world as a single field of awareness, mm-hmm. and that's why when we look at little babies and we see that sort of pureness, and we say, "Oh, wow!" You know, and we really connect with that because, you know, that's the consciousness is really glowing in them, the pureness of mm-hmm. consciousness really shining through. And then from around the age of two, when we start to um, listen to words and hear words and remember thoughts. And then we start to make this This separation occurs when we say, oh, there's me here and mum there and dad there. And, you know, and that's a tree over there. And then this. so it's almost like a lot of uh, teachers describe it as like a kind of a veil comes down. Mm-hmm. And and it, it. But it and there's a, a, an apparent separation appears. But all it really is, is is us um becoming kind of addicted to labeling things and starting to use words and vocabulary and but the awareness or the wholeness that we are never disappears it's only like our our attention goes into thoughts and into the mind and gets and we get distracted and our attention is taking away from that and so it's kind of like you know that um you know, the consciousness or the awareness that we, we are in our, in our essence um, kind of like plays this sort of game of being a, a limited individual. And then it starts to, because it's, it's, it suffers as such, because you're, it's not the um, being, being an individual um, person um, causes so much suffering from this, assumed a disconnection, um, you're constantly trying to get back to yourself. And so you, the seeking starts, how to get back to yourself. But the fact is that you always are yourself. You've always been awareness. Uh, you always will be awareness. You always you are awareness right now. You've never changed. It's just a kind of a like a mistaken identity almost. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So w- when we talk about non-duality, what about like the other... Illusions of duality that we have in this world like good and bad and like um, Well, let's start with good and bad. What do you have to say about those type of things? It's like positive (laughs) negative good or bad light dark
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's how we view the world the the world that we see um, Is is viewed in terms of contrasts Mm -hmm. so um, You know hot and cold good and bad it's all contrasts, and that's how we experience the, the, the world. Um, but the world exists in our own mind. There is not a world out there, and this is what non-duality is pointing to, is that if you want to, if you want to see the contents of your own mind, just have a look around, and you'll see them. You know, there's nothing that you can perceive which is not found in your own mind from, from solar systems to gal- galaxies to atoms and quarks. They're all found in your mind. And our experience of this world that we, we perceive is done through contrast. Mm-hmm. So everything is, you know, you only know good in relation to bad, you only know hot in relation to cold. And but this is the, the way the mind functions. It's a kind of it's a, it's a dualistic thing. Yeah. Um, but this is not the um, the true nature of, of, of reality. And there's a, a wonderful. I, I really love the um, teachings of Taoism, and, and especially reading the, the the Tao Te Ching is uh, is one of the the books that I really resonated with. And there's one quote from there. Um, which is when the Tao is lost, there is goodness. When goodness is lost, there is morality. When morality is lost, there is religion. But what you're talking about is the first little bit. When Tao, which Tao refers to our our infinite nature, consciousness, awareness, whatever you want to call it, I use all of these terms synonymously, Our, our true nature can't be described in words so but we use for the sake of having a conversation um, these types of vocabulary Um, in in Taoism they call it the Tao our true nature or consciousness when we lose touch with that then we fall into the realm of mind Mm -hmm. we fall into the realm of where good and bad and opposites exist we fall into the world if you like But taking a step away from that, um, you can can experience what in Taoism they call wu-wei, which is the flow state, where everything is just happening by itself. And what this is referred to um, in non-dual circles is effortless being. um when we recognize effortless being, our natural flow state, we recognize that this is different from the good and bad and the thought process of of the of the of, the, of our of our thinking, of our mind. And our effortless being is really our, our natural state of, of being. Yeah. Um, there's a good little way to recognize this, um, which I, I can share. <laughs> um uh, the, the, this is a, a, a little technique that I learned from our aforementioned friend uh, David Binger, and there's a longer version, of that, um, but basically a short version of this um, is for and everybody who's listening, please please try this. If you just if you're sitting in a room, just take an object that's kind of far from you. It might be a door handle on the other side of the room, or a, a, a picture or a picture frame. Or if you're next to a window, choose something which is at a distance from you. And uh, just relax. Relax your breathing, relax your gaze and focus your awareness on that object. And just very gently be aware of it. Don't comment on it. Don't allow any mental um, commentary to arise. Just very gently look at the object be aware of the object and just take a few seconds to do that
0: i'll be the sam- example
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay great and then what we can do from this step is then to engage the mind and we can comment on it so for let's say for example you're looking at a um i can see behind me there's like a door so i can be aware of that without any commentary and then i can engage the mind and say oh it's a brown door it's a big door it's behind me um, there's clothes on the other side of the door that's all thinking so when we don't engage the mind when we're just aware this is effortless being so this is a really good way to move into this this state. This is what the Taoist called Wu Wei, and you notice in that state that everything is happening by itself. Everything is happening effortlessly. Even the the words that are coming out of my mouth, your heart beating, the rain that's falling outside because I'm in Scotland, um, all of that is just happening by it, it, itself. So um, This this is this is what we call effortless being and we can take that further still and we can start to point to really what we truly are So if you take the same object, let's say if you're looking at a tree outside your window Or the handle on, on the door on the other side of the room Again, just allow your focus your attention to sit on that object without engaging the commentary Just be aware of it. And then you can ask yourself, at what distance does it appear in awareness? At what distance does it appear in consciousness? Now, you can engage the mind and you can say, if it's a case of something in your room, it might be, oh, three, four meters away if in the case of something a tree it might be 40 meters across the street this is to engage the mind to to label that distance but then just be awareness and be aware of the object without the commentary and ask what distance does it appear in awareness and of course there's the realization, well, no distance whatsoever. And this is really the sort of collapsing of the sort of space-time continuum, you know, that that everything is appearing at, at zero distance. It's all appearing in your consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so we re- realize that then distance is, or time, that our, our dimensions and time, are our, our, our mental constructs. Mm-hmm. And then... Even further, when we're in this awareness of no distance and everything is appearing in our consciousness, then you can ask yourself, how far is it to myself?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and this is a really, really powerful way to point. And the pointing is really important, you know? We talked about seeking. People can get lost in books and 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 looking for the answers in other people, but it 's really it 's this if you do that you 're only seeking you know authority from something outside you 're only relying on hearsay, which gets you nowhere but when we come and and and, and with this pointing like this and really come into yourself and and yeah. the answer is there, and the answer has been there all the time,
0: yeah. So I had never actually heard that second part, and it's so powerful. It's such a great and clear way of pointing at that because it's so true. I've used the first part, like we talked about. I use the first part with clients before. Um, I also first, you know, I heard, it, um, discovered it from David Bingham, and I've used it with clients because it's a really clear way of having the example of just how much effort, cause you, you mentioned, you know, resting is the effortless thing, of how much effort it actually takes to engage the mind. Like, you can then have that distinction of like, and and a lot of us are using our mind constantly every day, mm-hmm. and we're putting in so much energy and so mm-hmm. much effort, and there's so much just peace and so much just like, oh, what kind of words can you put it? It's just effortlessness, <laughs> that's the best way. It's just so... Yes. It's the difference between this. It's the difference between being on a raft and just allowing yourself to float downstream, and like trying to go against the river and swimming yeah, upstream.
1: Yeah, that, that's right, and that's where the stress comes. That's where the stress comes because mm-hmm. there's a wonderful. Uh, I mentioned that I love Zen. Mm-hmm. Zen is very famous for having lots of koans or little um, word puzzles or really kind of uh, weird questions that a teacher would throw to a student. And the idea being that the student didn't think about the answer that they just answered in some way. And that way could have been words, it could have been an action, could have been anything, but that they didn't engage the mind to answer basically. But there's one that I particularly love, which really demonstrates this point, which is um, how do you move forward from the top of a hundred foot pole? And so imagine you're at the top of a hundred foot Paul, how do you go any further? Um, how do you progress? And um, of course the answer is like, woo you know. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, you're gonna hit the ground and your body is gonna die, but it's gonna do, the body's gonna do that anyway. Yeah. But in the meantime, there's total freedom. And that's kind of what it's pointing to. And so everybody really is clinging to, the, clinging to some security. And what the recognition of effortless being or wu-wei or flow state is, is that there is no security. Everything is in constant flux. And it's your desire for security, it's your grasping after security that causes this kind of friction. And so, yeah, as you say, you know, it's, it's like you're, you sort of, you let, let go is another phrase that's often used. You let go and you're just floating on this, floating letting the current uh, take you and that's really where you know you're 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 instead of you trying to be in control mm-hmm. that you're really giving control over to your infinite nature and allowing the infinite infinite being of consciousness to to you know take take you on this kind of dance you know
0: yeah so i mean what would you say to people who Are you know there's when people I know that when people hear this there's going to be a lot of fear that comes up a lot of resistance that comes up because it's like well I don't want to just like float or be like a leaf in the wind or anything like that because what if something bad happens like I don't want to experience pain and suffering so if I let go who knows what's gonna happen
1: Yeah yeah but it's the very it's the very holding on that's causing the fear the fear and suffering Mm So it's 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 in order to in, in order to live life, you have to let go of life, mm-hmm. and it, it's that very clinging, and um, that it causes the friction in believing yourself to be a person in the world. And this is the the the, the thing that um, you know when so when we become aware of our true nature, when we become aware of who we truly are, we the 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 person uh, disappears. So, we all, we all believe that we're a person. We all believe that, you know, this David who was born in Scotland and, you know, went to, off to London and then to Japan for 20 years and came back. And there's a story, you know, all these things happened and it's constructed. And we believe that this, this, is, uh, uh, this is who we are. We're this person. And of course, in recognizing that we, we are just pure awareness that this the the illusion of the person disappears mm-hmm. and um you know i think what you're maybe alluding to slightly there is is is, is through people that want to you know do manifest or, or to enjoy the world or whatnot but when you when you when you see that you are um when the person doesn't exist and the objects that you're wanting to manifest also our thoughts and the world itself is a concept it's like you know it's like a, a phantom manifesting a mirage in an illusion mm-hmm. which is to say that you've really manifested nothing at all so <laughs> it's the but the belief that you are um you know manifesting these objects or acquiring these objects and the fallacy is that these objects will make you happy um this is where all the um the 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 suffering and the the fear come comes from whereas then when you are we we, we recognize that all of these things the the person um is simply a, a character um that is in this this play um and that our true identity is the infinite being, is infinite consciousness. And then there's total freedom. And then, you know, life just, life life unfolds. Yeah. And the funny thing is, though, it unfolds in, in a way that you, you're happy with. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That's I mean, what I was, yeah, yeah.
0: That's what I was trying to get to is like, I know, I know that, I know that a lot of people are going to think, well, if I just allow, if I just surrender and allow things to unfold, then you don't know if the good things are going, are going to happen or bad things are going to happen. Like there's so much fear, not just of like inner suffering, although it is inner suffering, but from this perspective um, of like, if I let go and I don't have this illusion of control because nobody actually has control right if i don't have this illusion of control um then all these bad things are gonna happen i'm gonna go broke and i'm gonna go homeless and my kids are gonna die like you know like these are the these are where the mind yeah. leads us
1: uh, you, yeah and it, i mean it goes back to what you were asking uh, before about you know the good and bad and the mm-hmm. all that you know and it's it, when you're functioning from your true nature and from Mm -hmm. from effortless being you're beyond good and bad you're beyond the worries of that so and that's not to say you don't have to take care of things you know but things are things are taken care of Mm -hmm. and there's a difference there between i have to take care of stuff and control stuff or things are naturally taken care of like when i'm hungry i go and eat something I don't sit i don't sit and starve because thinking oh i'm the effortless bee. I just need to sit here and do bugger all <laughs> and everything <laughs> okay you know, when yeah. i'm hungry you go and eat something when you're thirsty don't you go and drink some water if you want to if you feel you know it's a nice day i'd like to go to the beach do you not go to the beach so you know it, it's but it's the fear though and the fear comes from believing yourself to be the person as soon as you recognize your true nature, the, pers- the person disappeared or the person is seen to have been just a thought in your mind. Yeah. And that's not to say you can't step back into being the character, to being the person, but it's seen as a character.
0: Yeah.
1: So before you believed yourself to be David, you believed yourself to be Corinna, um believe yourself to be a person in the world now you see that it, oh, it was just you know you're just playing this role yeah in this comedy show that we call life yeah and um and then you, you can step back into that so there's certain situations that's where the freedom is you know that you're you're able to play that role if i go to visit my my mom then i, I play the role of being a son i go to visit my sister i play the role of being a brother you know you, you go into that. it's not a fakery though but you know it's not to say that we're doing something but you know that's like kind of dishonest or something but it's not like that you know we you whatever needs to be done needs to be done you know you yeah. know we don't run the streets saying to everybody i'm an effortless being you know i don't do that See <laughs> <laughs> something in the street um they say hi how, nice to meet you and you talk back to them, and you. you talk about the weather or whatever and you just do what needs to be done is done and i think this is a good sort of juncture to bring in another thing which which again um david bingham um, really talks about a lot and and really resonated with me which uh, is the system of koshas um because this is a really good way of 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 understanding what you know our human experience okay
0: let me just have you rewind and repeat that because a phone call came through i forgot I, to put my phone on yeah I, did, I missed david something that david bingham talks about just repeat it for me so i can know what we're talking well, about <laughs> i
1: thought it was my, my wifi. <laughs> so um what i wanted to to say was just bring in this this um idea of of the koshas so of this this system so the, the the this is something that david uh, talks talks about and it really helped me um add a kind of a structure to the human experience and also it helps to, to you can utilize it as you're moving through this life experience so it's very common anybody listening. to practice Yoga seriously, um, or knows anything about the Indian yoga yogic traditions, knows about the koshas, and the koshas are basically the five bodies that have. Uh, Most people believe they're just the physical body, but that's not actually the case. Um, So the way to introduce the koshas is to introduce it from the perspective of our true identity, which is our infinite nature, our consciousness being so taking consciousness as our identity our first the first body that we have is called the body of bliss and this body of bliss is really the threshold you like of the human experience the second kosher is the body of wisdom this is our intuition this is effortless being from the body of wisdom, the third kosha is the body of uh, mind, our thinking and conceptual thought. Mm-hmm. Then uh, uh, the the fourth kosha is the energetic body, the body of energy, vital energy, or breath. And then the fifth kosha is the physical body, mm-hmm. which is made up of food. So f- viewed from this. Um, way, this structure, it really is like kind of like like a finger coming out of the hand where we have each of the body of bliss and wisdom, then our mind, our thinking, our, our um, energy, emotions and the physical body is like kind of nail on the end of the finger, if you like. And so you can see when we view from this point how there's a kind of, uh, it gives us a kind of a structure and we can understand better how to remain as the infinite being and then step into mind and think when we need to and then not use it you know what we were talking before is that people are thinking all the time they're like my god i can't stop thinking (laughs) and also society perpetuates that mind is You know, like we're conditioned or programmed through school that you know we need to be clever and clever and clever, and the cleverer you are, the better you are. All this kind of thing, and you go to university and be really even more clever. You know, and so you. But you can see that that the mind is a part of the experience and one that is optional, step in and out of. And what. what remaining as effortless being does is that you step out of that mind conditioning you step out of that habitual thinking and remain in this and you you begin to your life begins to function much more from intuition and feeling and a much deeper level and then you can step into being david again if you if, if necessary if, if some social circumstance requires it and when it doesn't require you can remain as as infinite being yeah so so the the, the has been really invaluable it's something that we get because we remain as infinite being we can begin to trust that and function from intuition that body of wisdom really helps alignment and help our decisions as we're going through our, our our life so before if we encounter some circumstance and we would be like oh my god what am i doing you would think 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 about it mm-hmm. now you have this option to still and and allowing your intuition to take over and be a guide which is much more powerful and 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 we so we begin to live our life in a much more kind of aligned and deeper way
0: yeah and from my experience and um my understanding that you know when you when you talk about manifestation and law of attraction like this stuff doesn't necessarily it, what it does negate is that the illusion that something out there is going to be the thing that's going to make you happy or make you not suffer or anything like that like that's the big illusion uh one of the big illusions. And, but it doesn't necessarily negate the law of attraction, because from what I found is like when you surrender and follow those intuitive and follow where you're being drawn and follow the that play, like, like you said, um, oh, I'd like to go outside and enjoy the sunshine, like, that feels fun. I would, be, it's not because if I go and play in the sunshine, then I'll finally be happy. It's just kind of like, ooh, I'm going to go play in the sunshine, you know, Um that's following that what I called the expansive feeling the intuitive feeling and through and that's part of the flow and through just allowing yourself to follow this flow and allow like surrender to this flow um you will find that you the unfolding of your reality becomes I mean there'll be challenges but it becomes a pleasurable one it aligns with the with the joy and the bliss and the pleasure that you're already feeling just from like recognizing your you know your true being just from the beingness is joy and your outside reality starts to reflect that and yes there'll be challenges still but it's not like you said it's not going to be suffering that's been my experience Mm. and and my understanding of it so i mean i feel like there's a lot of like negation of the law of attraction but it's almost kind of follows the law of attraction in a way what do you have to say about
1: that yeah no you're absolutely right And, and 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 So what people kind of misunderstand about all of that um, law of attraction type thing is you know, if when you're looking at it from the view of the person, um, mm-hmm. it becomes a very narrow band that you're dealing with. And, you know, if you're, you know, most people approach that kind of law of attraction management type thing as, you know, this poor, poor media who is feeling lack, I'm afraid, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking this, I'm, I'm, I don't have enough of that. And um, if I had X, Y, Z, I would be happy. So I'm gonna think about it and then you know I'll, I'll get it. And then if I need to step into the I amness, okay, I'll step into I amness and I'll, I'll tap into that. And then I'll think about what I want and I'll, I'll get it. And it's a typical way, of doing it. but I think, I think it's pretty clear where the flaws are in, in that um and you may, or may not get what you're after and then as we say if you do get it um uh, you may be happy for a, a while but then you know it, things will change and and you'll be seeking something else so the true sort of manifesting really happens you know you're your, your infinite being and from source and you know, as you say, then these urges and feelings come up, and they're not coming from a personal, um, limited place. It's got the full backing of the inner behind it, and it's so in alignment. And, and, and therefore, these, you know, your life takes a shape which, as you say, reflects your inner you know uh, um, alignment your inner happiness yeah. your life is taking that you know you're manifesting every second you know whatever your, your whatever your life is right now is the way you've made it. so it's, mm-hmm. it's the ultimate taking of responsibility in fact it's handing responsibility over to Source, force um and and therefore you know it knows the infinite being knows um you know that has this infinite intelligence and it knows exactly how to 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 manifest there's no person that needs to to do it
0: and i've heard i think i saw a youtube i think it was tony parsons no i don't remember who it was it was one of the big names in, in non-duality but I, I, one of the things that really struck me was they were talking about manifestation and um And yeah, when you're identified as the person, it's this idea, again, of like, these manifestations are going to give me something that I don't already have, because you're not, you're seeing yourself as separate from everything and everyone. And you think that there's something out there to gain, but there's nothing out there to gain. Um, That being said, still still, you are allowed to enjoy things, you're allowed to have preferences, you're allowed to like, like, there's a, I feel like there can be an interpretation of kind of a coldness within non duality of like, Oh, well, I can't be a person with preferences and desires, and anything like I, um, like, I just have to, you know, there's a lot of videos out there about, about there's no one there's nothing and which is true but there's a for somebody who's watching these and it maybe ha- hasn't you know experienced who and what they truly are there's a coldness to it and what this person said and the youtube was like well where do you think those those preferences are coming for from where do you think those desires to to go outside and just enjoy the sun are coming from those are coming from source so they're not bad they're not something to deny they're not something to to say, oh, well, you know, there's a desire, but it's different coming from a different place. It's less of a desire to fill something, a a place of lack. And just, again, it's following that expansion, following that joy, following that play. And it's just part of the ever unfolding without like an end goal of it meaning something about you or like filling in an empty space in you.
1: Yeah, it's just, you being you, it's Karina being Karina David being David, you know, and we all like and do the things that we do. That doesn't change, yeah. you know, it's just the identification with the person disappears. Um, and so, and therefore, you're free to be yourself 100%. People, when you're identifying as a person, you're really not yourself 100%. You know, there are your things you like about yourself what you don't like about yourself. You all, stuff you maybe did in the past that you didn't, you're not, not particularly. Um, you know, happy about or proud of or whatever, and all that stuff, you know, that's all you, that's all, all the idiosyncrasies, all the flaws, all of that. But so when you believe yourself to be perfect, you know, I have, to, I have to fix this or that's not good or I should have done that, should be better, I should do this better, all of that just, you know, goes. And it's um, not to say, you know, you know, so don't have... Um, make mistakes or, or, or do say something in, the, in relative, time, you might, but you don't really. There's there's a sort of freedom and there's a really not like a not cage. Um, and so yeah, everything is really coming from from, from from source, and you're just being the character in the play that you are, a hundred percent. And and so everybody's everybody's different. I mean like i know a friend of mine who recognized his true nature um around the same time as myself um i was chatting with him yesterday he's he's he has all the different personalities like you know he loves to go out and party and you know whatever and he likes to go then he'll go into the nature and he'll go out into the ocean and whatever do these things but you know like so like all that crazy partying like, that's not me at all as I, never do that kind of thing um and he wouldn't live my life you know but so you know, who cares you know you're just free to express yourself um as you are and uh, without this thinking is it okay I, am i being a good person am i being nice doing the right thing you know and again it comes back to you were saying about good and bad and all the rest of it. You say, you know, I'm not here to be a good person. No. Uh, I'm not here to be a good person. Um, there's just this character, David, being expressed and that's it. And so your are you're, 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 you're <laughs> beyond that, that, all these ideas, good and bad and whatever.
0: And, you know, when you, when you realize your true nature and you realize that there's no separation when you when you are able to be be from that place the, the your actions start becoming one of love of unconditional love and so that which is usually labeled as bad or a bad person like those there's not there's no desire to harm others there's no desire to like climb to the top at the at the at you know sacrifice others to climb to the top or at the expense of others because there's no separation because there's no there's no idea that like I'm the separate human and people are either above me or below me which is what we label as the ego right um so from there I, it's almost like you you can't be a bad person but <laughs> we would label as a bad well, person
1: well there's no person and so yeah. that, again to quote the Dao De Jing. um the There's. uh, Let me see if I can get this right um, because it's one of my favorite little bits. It's um. It's something like the 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 awakened person. I think it's like a sage or an awakened person has no concept. He 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 flows um, with the. so, uh, therefore, he is good. So, there's something along the lines of that, where he's, mm-hmm. he's at one with the and therefore, he is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, not, he's not trying to be good.
0: Yeah. He's
1: trying to, to be good, like stepping into the, 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 the realm of, of being a person. Mm-hmm. So, our, our real state is, is one of being one with it, being, uh, a natu- the naturalness. And so, whatever is natural, whatever in this moment is good, whatever is natural for you to do right now is 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 correct. Yeah. And so that that action, the next action, 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 the next action that comes uh, coming from the infinite being is therefore correct act, correct action, and and that's different for for. for, for for everybody, like, uh, you know, if it's a, a whatever, we could be sitting together and then then it's a nice day and you might decide to go for a walk and I might say, Oh, I want to stay and read a book yeah. <laughs> So, whatever is the right action yeah. um, will come by itself. It's always coming by itself. It's not the mind is not stepping in and interpreting, interpreting yeah. good, bad, or, or, or yeah. whatever. But you mentioned yeah. that before we wind we, we uh-huh. up, I just wanted to point to, you know, people are maybe used by um, some of these uh, teachings of you know, nothing, there's, there's, you know, there's nothing exists and all that. And, you know, while that may be true in the ultimate sense, um, it's very hard for people to grasp that. And even, even, you know, even a great uh, teacher like Ramana Maharshi, um, he, he, he knew, of course, he knew that, and um, that there really is, ultimately, there is nothing. There's, nothing is ever created. We can't say anything about the world. Um, and in in that, the language that you, they use, uh, they call that ajan which mm-hmm. just means like non-existence. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for people to jump really from being in the mind believing to be a person to that and so that's why you know pointing to this kind of just saying nothing 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 is is um it it may resonate with some people may some people may just get um but um, they're probably in the minority um so it's 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 i i hope that people are not kind of discouraged that if they do hear that sort of that yeah. sort of teaching you know it, it does point to the the ultimate reality and you know even you know buddhism pointed to 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 that as well and and all we're really doing is pointing it open so that people can get it for themselves not relying on what go, go into it. and even in buddhism like you know there's the famous four negations of um, which is if I can get it again, maybe not at this time. But it, it, I think it's um, not real, not mm-hmm. unreal, not both real and unreal, and not neither real nor unreal. So, so phew, that's <laughs> right. And, and, and so that's from Buddhism, like from from two thousand years ago. And 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 again, it's just pointing to that ungraspable ungraspable that that we are and saying you know there's nothing there nothing is also doing that but um it's 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 difficult i think for for a lot of people to to grasp that immediately so as where you know pointing to uh, to to our true nature as as infinite being and and utilizing the koshas can really help you understand uh, or really point to the yeah. nature
0: yeah, and I, that's one of the reasons why I also really like the analogy of the ocean and the wave is because it's less of like there's nothing and it's more like an all-encompassing. Um, and even though it's all the same thing, like you said, coming from a place of believing that you're a person to going straight to nothing is, it's not, not, not only is it so much that like people can't grasp, but I think it's also like repels people from even trying to open themselves up to grasping it. So um, I think a more gentle way is to is to see yourself as the all. And then, you know, you talked about in our interview, those drawings of like the mountain and then, or was it, no, it was a bull, the bull and uh, then it disappeared uh, and there's no bull. And then there's a bull.
1: <laughs> yeah It's that,
0: like that, it's like, go ahead.
1: Yeah, that's right. So that's, that was the um, the 10 ox herding pictures, mm-hmm. um, which are very famous in Zambudism. <laughs> And um, if, if people don't know the ten ox herders, please have them, uh, look them up because it's, it's a really great way of sort of showing the stages, if you like, um, towards the enlightened enlightened state. And um, not the, the stages or, or a state, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, and it's a, it's a story of a boy looking for his ox. He's lost the ox, and the ox trip. Enlightenment and um, I liked the. I i I loved these because I I really like the the Japanese uh, or in ink drawings that are used a lot, especially in in Zen Buddhism. There's a lot of ink drawings, I really love them. Um, so anyway, there's 10 of these uh, pictures, and um, the number uh, eight, nine, and ten are very interesting. Um, because th- this is the sort of the stages, if you like, post Um And number eight is there's nothing in the drawing at all. They're, they're all circles, and um, each one has, like, the boy, the bit of the ox, and what, blah, 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 But number eight there's nothing at all. Of course, this represents emptiness. And then a lot of people who we, we recognize Oh, there's, there's really nothing. There's, it's, it, this. But emptiness is not nothingness. Emptiness just simply means that, that that an individual thing is not does not have its own individuality. It doesn't exist by itself. And so, when we understand what that emptiness is not nothingness, what we understand is that emptiness is actually fullness, uh, which mm-hmm. is the word that you used. Um, and so the next picture in picture number nine is a nature scene, which is depicting this sort of the fullness of, of the, the world of life. And then number 10, you see the boy again, back in the world, in the market, mm-hmm. uh, going about spreading the, spreading the, the world. Uh, not harming people, I must say, gently you know for those who are interested pointing to you know the non dual truth so that that for me really resonated so that 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 we don't get caught in sort of cul-de-sac of nothingness nor do we get caught in the world of, of being everything but we, we simply recognize that that that, that, that we are beyond both nothingness and everything all that's left and this recognition it's just to go and do what you do right
0: right because it's like an all-encompassing allness but to have to have in human because in, in our lang- in language we're talking from the human and so really words can't really describe it but when you but if you have an allness that means that you have a nothingness and because it's non-dual there's neither That's- so so there's no room there's no here it is there's no if, if if i had an allness and it was contained in this cup something outside of this cup would have to be the nothingness but the allness doesn't have any limits so there's no nothingness and no allness It just isness
1: right <laughs> right that's right and so we end up we're running out of words and and where we and so we can simply say everything is consciousness mm-hmm. um and uh you know that 's where we, we we kind of end up really is that recognizing that everything is just everything is consciousness and we cannot go beyond that there's nothing we cannot have something which is aware of consciousness yeah you know consciousness is is, sub, is the ultimate the the primordial subject yeah. so and and so we recognize that everything that we are we are perceiving is a modulation of that as a yeah. modulation of of consciousness and just to use one final little Zen um um uh, uh, saying which I I, I I was talking to somebody about the other day. Um Zen Buddhism has two branches, one uh the Rinzai and the other Soto. And um the Rinzai is the one that uses a lot of koan type of puzzles. Um Soto the sect of Zen Buddhism was more just kind of uh, sitting um in, in meditation and anyway the founder of Soto Zen in Japan was Zen master Dogen and he wrote a, 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 a number of little passages and sutras and one of them is called the mountains and water Sutra. and like most Zen and proverbs like when you hear it for the first time you just think it's gobbledygook but but the more you go into it you realize that he's really pointing to something quite and the one that I love is when he says that, that mountains are mountains. That doesn't mean that mountains are. Mountains. It means mountains are mountains. So what
0: okay. does that really mean? Repeat that. Repeat uh, that because on my end you were cutting out, so I don't know if it was cutting out for for everyone. So repeat that.
1: Um, okay, here we go again. Repeat
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: here we go. So mountains are mountains, waters are waters. That doesn't mean that mountains are mountains it means mountains are mountains so that all sounds like nonsense but <laughs> what he's really going to here is really interesting the first statement is just as it sounds as it appears to most people that a mountain is a mountain there's no disputing it it's a physical thing it's made matter a mountains a mountain right <laughs> um and that's what you know we're we we're to believe. but for people that believe that he then teaches that mountain is not a mountain in other words he's teaching this that everything is an illusion is a a dream and we've, we've heard that and so this is why we call awakening awakening because we wake up from the dream from the illusion that everything is is real so he's pointing to this um this uh the second line points to that that the world is illusion but then he then goes on to say but mountains are mountains, and what he's then saying there is that you then go from this, you know, this realizing that the world is an illusion. Because in that, there's still a witness and a witness, a witness witnessing an illusion. There's still a dualism in there. But then he goes into the third line, which is mountains are mountains, which is just saying that everything is the same. Everything is consciousness. Everything is that. that. So we can just call it a mountain again yeah and so it's three lines but when you go into it really deeply it's it's so you know profound
0: yeah yeah okay well um we're gonna wrap up here before i have you tell people like where to find you um i just want to say that we're going to be doing this we're going to test out a weekly thing. And I have so many other things I want to talk about. So I'm just going to mention some of them just, you know, as a little teaser for people who may be listening. Um, These conversations are just conversations. I actually don't have any notes. They're not really pre-planned. I'm just trying to guide the questions from what I know um, I've had previously and from what others have come to me with and just trying to guide it for anybody that may be listening. But the questions it's just flowing. However, there are some things I would like to open up conversation about next time. And um, some of those are to go deeper on the concept of enlightenment and how people perceive the um, term enlightenment and what self relate. just, I mean, we've talked a lot about self-realization and what it is. And it's so simple. Like it's really such a simple thing, but just for people to understand um the kind of like maybe misconceptions about quote-unquote enlightenment versus um self-realization because because both you and david bingham have a background where your seeking was was really rooted in these eastern philosophies and religion and um for myself and i know a few other people i've spoken to who have had this kind of like what i describe like a western materialistic spirituality (laughs) um, I wanted to have a conversation about that and how that affects how um, I guess the, the experience of self-realization itself, but also the integration process. Um, And then, and then I also want to go deeper a little bit into, to tie in with the enlightenment. We talked about today about like, you know, your friend, he's like, yeah, he still goes out and parties like Alan Watson drink an obscene amount of alcohol still even though he was a self-realized um even though he had self-realization and like there's gurus who still behave in things that we would think are very unenlightened like because <laughs> of from our human judgment place so those are just some topics that came to my mind today that i would like to address on our next conversation so that's a little teaser we're not going to talk about those today um but again i'm not going to going to make notes it's just going to flow however it's going to flow uh david why don't you tell people because we're going live on my page right now so why don't you tell people how they can find you and how they can work with you if they want to go deeper into these this
1: concept yeah um if anybody does want to get in touch the best way is to get in touch through my website which is effortlessbeing.org i do have a facebook uh, page which is david farmer effortless being and a youtube channel i'm not great at using facebook as karina found out um, (laughs) (laughs) earlier um so yeah the the website is the best way um people can go on there effort.org mosey around and look at some of the content and uh, you can also drop me a line if you want to get in touch
0: and I tagged your um, Facebook page, not your personal one, but your effortless Being page up in the description. So you should be able to click on there. And then from there, you can, um, David, you have a bunch of your um, blog articles posted in there and a link to your website. So you can always do that. And um, if you are, if non-duality or you're curious about um, discovering your true nature, you want to have more conversations with David, book a session with him. I highly recommend it and thank you for listening this is a weekly podcast with new episodes released every Wednesday please rate five stars on your favorite podcast platform and share this podcast if you would like to reach me about my coaching and mentoring programs you can find me on facebook instagram and tiktok at karina levon to be featured on this podcast or for other inquiries or feedback please email me at beyondstardustpodcast.gmail.com. At See you next week.